Welcome to Saving You is Killing Me, Loving Someone with an Addiction podcast. Loving someone with an addiction is a life of chaos. This podcast is to help you take back your power and build strength, hope, and restore peace in your life. We use the science and art of positive psychology, professionals in their field, along with personal stories of hope, resilience, and strength. We hope you can discover how the courage to focus on you can help put your life back together. When you are in a place of exhaustion, hopelessness, and emptiness, we are a community that knows all too well the turmoil that comes from loving someone with an addiction. We are here to help you compassionately struggle well. Hey there, Andrea Seidel here. I am the author of Saving You is Killing Me, Loving Someone with an Addiction, the book series. We've got three books in our series, and I'm absolutely in love with all of them because I know that this these books are not about how to handle their addiction. It is literally all about you and how you can focus on yourself and just use all the science of human flourishing, use the science of positive psychology, where we can tap into our resilience, we can tap into our self-compassion, our ability to care for ourselves and build ourselves back up because we get knocked down by addiction. We get sucked into the quicksand of addiction. And I remember feeling like I was always on a roller coaster. And then if I jumped off the roller coaster, trying to get out of the way of addiction, I was always bruised and like my sparkle was gone. I just felt so devastated. So I wanted to turn my pain into purpose. And that's why I wrote these books. I have training in psychology and resilience. And this was one of the hardest things I ever had to navigate. So thank goodness I had that training because I used so many of the tools and resources available and what science has shown can help with our well-being and to safeguard our mental health. So that is what I kind of infused into all of these books. I started with the saving you is killing me, loving someone with an addiction. It's how the courage to focus on you can help put your life back together when you've been knocked down by addiction. So that's the first book that I created. I turned my pain into purpose. It's eight chapters and these chapters are all devoted to helping you um, take back your power. And this book is so great. And I do encourage you, if you haven't already purchased it, to grab yourself a copy and um, and yeah, it can help start helping you right away. Okay. And if you have purchased it, make sure you go and write me a review or tell other people about the book so they can get the hand get them into the hands of people that need it. The other book that I wrote then is because people were asking me, Andrea, like this is an ongoing struggle. Like this is day to day. Like how do I keep it together day to day? Like, and that is so human. You are going to have ups and downs literally. And so you are going to need support every single day. So that's why I created Saving Me One Day at a Time, Finding Light Amidst the Shadows of Addiction. And they're literally, I read these every day. They're, it's part of my morning ritual. And I like it because it always has like, you know, for this one, embrace stillness, be present. And then has a quote, it has a remember, it has some affirmations in every single day. And it's just nice because it's 365 days. It's a perpetual calendar that offers so much support. And then my newest one, which is so exciting, it's my children's book. And this book is for kids who are navigating the dark cloud of addiction. So I don't talk 
really about addiction, but I do talk about this dark cloud that might be hovering over some homes. And uh, it's a really cute story because it's all about how the character Aiden has an older brother who isn't acting like himself anymore and he's doing different things and he's not showing up for dinners. And it's really cute because um, it is such a heartwarming story. It is sad because addiction is sad, but it also offers that glimmer of hope. It uh, it talks a lot about a lot of the feelings that we might be feeling like, did we cause it? Is there something we can do? You know, how can we help? And then it's really about this heartwarming, you know, story of what it's like to have someone in the household that has this dark cloud over them. It's so sad. Anyway, but what we can do, so it's focused on resilience. It's focused on having the courage to focus on you and put your life back together. There are glimmers of sunlight and, you know, all these things and how you can reach out and ask for support and talk with people. And what can you do to help, you know, break up those darker clouds. Anyway, so that, those are the books here. That one is called Sunshine Through the Clouds. And it's such a cute book and I'm waiting for my copy. I haven't even gotten my copy yet, but I'm so excited for it to come in the mail. So let's jump in. This whole theme for the month has been on nurturing your inner garden or I can buy myself flowers. And so I kind of wanted to keep it along the same lines, but what happened was, is I, I was remembering so many times I would be thinking like, w- love is often depicted like, oh, it's unwavering and we endure through the thick thickness and thin and through till death do us part. Or, you know, like when love intersects addiction, it is a whole different ball game, right? And I always say typical relationship advice and typical vows even, they just don't apply to us. They don't apply to us when we are in a relationship with someone who has an addiction. Typical relationship advice, even from a, a parent-child dynamic. So if you're listening to this, even if it's like, you know, not a loved one, but it, sorry, not a spouse um, or a partner and it's your kids, it's like typical relationship advice does not apply um, because Addiction is so complex. It's such a, 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 a it's, it defies conventional wisdom. It's not all the things that we're kind of taught. Loving someone with an addiction presents a very unique challenge that defies simplistic relationship advice. And I just wanted to talk about this because I was like, oh, it's so conflicting. And I had a lady, I think she was said something in the support group that kind of sparked this on for me. I'm like, oh, okay, yes, this is, I need to do a topic on this. So I've been there, right? I feeling like you're basically stuck in a tug of war between wanting to be empathetic. You want to support them. And, but you're also dealing with the whirlwind of hurt, frustration, letdown, sadness, you name it. So it's like trying to follow all those typical advice, all the typical advice that we're taught when we're growing up, we only find it like confusing and it clashes with our reality. It clashes with what we're actually facing. So we're we're really caught in this whirlwind. So when it comes to addiction, typical relationship advice just doesn't work because we are blended between, we're torn between, I need to be compassionate for them. I need to be understanding and empathetic of what they're dealing with. I need to be supportive because they're my loved one. 
But then there's also the whole other side of it, which is like the manipulation, the lying, the cheating, the stealing, the hurt, the frustration, the the sadness, all those things where it's so hard, right? So what are we supposed to love someone right through this and uh, accept abuse? Um, no. So I did a whole episode on abuse is abuse is abuse. And I hope you listen to that one. It's so good. So on one hand, there's this innate desire to be understanding, to be compassionate, especially towards someone that we care deeply for, right? We're, we're, that is what we're doing. That's why I showed up in such a way that was exhausting to me because I was trying to help. I was trying to fix. I was trying to save. I was showing up in a way that anyone would show up when they love and care for someone because that's what we're supposed to do. But then you're hit with a barrage of abuse, perhaps bad behavior, lies. So it's like trying to navigate. It's like through a minefield. Like it's literally, it's a minefield of emotions, Like You're clinging onto the belief that love conquers all. And yet, you know, I got to be there for him kind of thing or this and that. It's like, seriously, this is so hard to reconcile. It's hard to understand, right? The idea of your partner being with your partner through thick and thin is hard, right? Because especially when the thick becomes more like you're suffocating under this like, you know, pile of deceit and manipulation, it's so hard. Are we supposed to stick through thick and thin when the thick is super, super thick? So it's so tough. And I bet if you're listening to this, you're understanding, you're shaking your head, especially if you listen to this podcast and you love someone with an addiction, you're torn, you're torn between what we're told love should look like and the messy reality of loving someone with an addiction. And so it's like trying to fit like that expression. What is it to fit a square peg into a round hole? It just, it just doesn't fit no matter how hard you try. So, so here's the thing. So it's okay to feel this conflict because I felt it too. It is so common. I hear it. I see it in our support group. I hear it all over the place in the world when I'm on podcasts and go, and things like that. It is normal to feel this way. Like it's okay to admit that all the advice that we get for relationships, right? Doesn't work, right? We're fed this advice. And the truth is that loving someone with an addiction is messy, it's complicated. It doesn't always fit neatly into the little boxes that we place as society wants to put them in. So I want to just have you know that because knowing that it's like, okay, yes, thank you. Like, yes, thank you. Because that's exactly how I felt. Loving someone with an addiction requires kind of like a nuanced approach. It is a new approach that kind of transcends the conventional relationship advice. So let's look at the complexities of loving someone with an addiction. Addiction is crazy. It's like a force that we can't go up against, that even the strongest relationships are going to have challenges when it comes to addiction. It Addiction and relationships, it, it they just don't go hand in hand. Um, the just unpredictable nature of individuals with addiction, the destructive nature of it. And it's just, it's so crazy. That's the only way I could say it. The, the behavior that comes along with addiction is 
so hard, not to mention the trust breaking and all the things that happen that break down relationships that in the face of addiction, the traditional notion of being loyal, of staying committed, of, you know, they can be tested. Our traditional notion of through thick and thin or always being there for someone is tested in ways that have never been tested before. And it is so, so challenging. So let's look at them. So through thick and thin, you've heard this one before, right? This sentiment is all about like, you're standing by your partner through thick and thin. It's very noble, right? It sounds good. But when it comes to addiction, it's a double-edged sword, right? With It's so important, obviously, to offer support and understanding to our loved ones struggling with addiction, but there are times when boundaries, they need to be set. There are times when you need to preserve your needs, your values, your self-preservation. They need to be more important than through thick and thin. Like So continuously destructive behaviors they can really, really destroy us. And unwavering loyalty can perpetuate this cycle and can actually perpetuate, make us get, you know, de- de- destroy us. They can just start to feel like we're getting destroyed. And so we want to really recognize that addiction is so complex and that we don't want to put thick and thin above self-preservation. We don't want to put through thick and thin this loyalty, this, you know, noble loyalty to stand by our partners through, through it all. We don't want to put that above our own self-preservation. We need to make sure we're balancing our support with also self-preservation. And that is so important. So we also want to redefine this idea till death do us part. So the traditional vow, you know, you've heard it till death do us part. It assumes a lifelong commitment regardless of circumstances. So it's like, okay, like you're going to stay together no matter what. However, when you're faced with the complexities of addiction, this commitment it may need to have to be redefined, right? Loving someone with an addiction is like, it requires a very nuanced, different approach, right? That might, you might be offering compassion for individuals around you, but you also, they also need to have accountability. They also can't just get away with abusive behavior. And it may involve tough decisions. It may involve seeking out professional help. It may involve a setting boundaries. It may involve considering separation or divorce. It may involve that, right? And so sometimes if we think till death to us part, we feel like there's no out and we might feel trapped. And so again, I don't want you to think that that is you're trapped, right? If you, if you are in a situation that you want to and need to get out of at some point and, or whenever, right? So it's really up to you. So prioritizing your devotion to someone else, but then also recognizing that, okay, uh, addiction is a complex thing that we're dealing with and that might require a new approach, right? It might require seeking help. It might require making tough decisions. It may, may require even setting boundaries or even 
considering separation. So, and that's, and that is, that is the reality of it, right? So the other thing in the context of loving someone with an addiction, self-care, we talk about it a lot on this podcast, uh, and boundaries take on a heightened significance. So we want to make sure that we are recognizing our own limits. We are recognizing our needs as well as the need to prioritize our well-being. So we want to balance our needs, our well-being, and recognize that we are important. Um, And we want to make sure that setting boundaries is an act of love for ourselves, but also for our partners, right? And so we want to make sure that when someone struggles with addiction, it becomes essential to establish clear expectations And remember, boundaries are for you. So they're like, what are you saying yes to? What is it that you want in your life? And what and what are you what are you needing? And also having consequences for that behavior. So so really important to have that in your relationship, right? Like the complexities of loving someone with an addiction requires a sort of a nuanced approach, right? Instead of all the conventional relationship advice, it may, may not apply or it may need a little different of approach, right? Um, you can see how that happens, right? So I think that I'm just, I just wanted to bring it to your attention, right? Navigating relationships impacted by addiction, it can feel overwhelming and it can also feel very isolating. So what you want to do and make sure you do is seek support, reach out to support groups, especially because with addiction, there's a bit of a shame around there. So sometimes you may not even want to talk to your best friends about it, but there's support groups come to the SYCAM saving you is killing me. Loving someone with an addiction, Facebook private group. It's very private. We all understand what it's like to be in a relationship with addiction and whether that be a spouse, a sibling or a child, um, parent, Uh, We are there for you. We are there for you. So reaching out and and offering guidance, these resources will really help you have some coping strategies as well as invaluable insights and just a sense of community to help you navigate the challenges and and talk it through. Because sometimes we might have the relation, we're getting relationship advice, but not everyone would understand necessarily what it's like to be in a relationship with someone who has an addiction is completely different. And so that relationship advice doesn't apply. And so coming and joining the group and reaching out can really, really help you. So you don't feel alone. So you can actually see how other people might navigate that um, complexity. All right. So another thing you can do, an actionable nugget is to take time for self-reflection and journaling. Set aside some quiet moments just to reflect on your emotions, reflect on your boundaries, reflect on kind of the context of your relation and maybe like what what uh, stories or relationship advice you might have implanted in as a belief in your mind and ask yourself the questions like, can I, should I look at this a little differently or how am I feeling about my partner's addiction and its impact on our relationship? That's an honest, good question. How are you feeling about your partners or your child or your sibling or anyone's addiction? And what is the impact it's having on your relationship? 
just be honest, self-reflection here, no judgment. And so what boundaries do you need to set to prioritize your well-being? What do you need to set up? What are you needing? What are you feeling? What are you wanting? Right? So what support do you need to navigate these challenging situations effectively, right? So writing down your thoughts, your feelings, honestly, it can really allow you to explore your inner landscape with compassion and also get away from the typical relationship advice and really help you gain honest insight into your relationship, honest insight into what you need to be doing, what, what you are needing um, for the relationship. And so I really do invite that everyone's different. We're all in different stages. I'm no longer with my addicted loved one. Do I wish that he was able to seek recovery? Of course, a hundred percent. I'm out of it now three years, but everyone's in a different place, right? But when I was in it, I, I probably would have stayed a lot longer because I did have that mentality out through thick and thin, like, you know, till death do us part. Like I saw a future with this person. I stuck out so much. And so I love just having this idea of like, okay, relationship advice, um, although it's like, you know, well-intended, it's like with, when it comes to addiction, we really need to be honest with ourselves. We really need to look at it in a way of what's true for us. And so if you're feeling confused, if you're feeling frustrated or just overwhelmed, know that you're not alone right? It's okay to take a step back and reassess the, your relationship, right? Reassess without the typical relationship advice or the advice that you might get from well-intentioned individuals that don't know what it's like to be someone with someone with an addiction. And please, please, please seek out support, right? Whether it's a friend, whether it's a family member or our support group or a professional, just, you know, reach out to someone who maybe understands what you're going through. And just remember your feelings are valid, right? What you're going through, you're doing your best with this situation. This is not easy. And just to give yourself some grace to take a deep breath and just know that we are all here for each other and that loving someone with an addiction, it requires, uh, nuanced approach. It requires kind of to let go or get rid of traditional relationship advice and look at it from your ideals. Look at it from, you know, of course, well, it's great to have your loyalty and your commitment and your understand unconditional love and your understanding. It's also really important to recognize your self-care needs, recognize your boundaries, recognize the complexities of addiction, how it might be impacting you and just being honest with that. And that's about it, right? It's so hard. It's so challenging navigating uh, addiction and relationships with someone with addiction, right? And so, especially when we're kind of caught between, you know, a tug of war, like we, we want to support, empathize, offer compassion, but then at the same token, we also don't want this abuse, barrage of abuse and behavior and bizarre behavior and like all the stuff that we deal with, all the things we deal with when, when we're dealing with someone with addiction. So I hope that that was helpful. I hope that you got a lot out of this session and, um, yeah, so I'm just wrapping you with a blanket of compassion and love. And I hope that this was a helpful episode for you. Okay, sending hugs.
Thank you for listening. If you want additional support, you can head on over to our website at savingyouiskillingme.com, where we have a wonderful, supportive, compassionate community. We are here for you. You are not alone. We also have a private Facebook group and Instagram feed called Saving You Is Killing Me, Loving Someone With An Addiction. Be sure to subscribe here so you get the latest episodes. And of course, share this with your community and your support groups or anyone that's going through this struggle so we can all work together to take our lives back and restore joy. Thank you so much for joining me, not only today, but week after week. Although I wish we were meeting under different circumstances, I'm so grateful that I get to show up for you and share these episodes so that we can go on this journey together. Until next week, sending hugs.